Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm your host, Greg. With me again this week is my co-host, John. John, how are you today? I'm fine. <laughs> how, how's the mail How's the mail <laughs> delivery business going? <laughs> Clearly it's from your fine. answer, it's very, very good. I'm, I'm fine because when I said I was good and I said I was better... During the first take of the podcast, mm-hmm. Greg made us restart. So we had to restart. I apparently peaked out. You, you peaked. <laughs> you peaked in the red. Like I've never seen OBS red line like that before. Like it didn't just go into the red. Like it made the whole bar red for like three seconds. So I've never seen that. So congratulations on right. breaking. So for OBS. take two, I had to turn into e- Eeyore. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. No, it's good. Uh, everything's all good. Uh, it is. September 16th, it's a Wednesday night, it's late, we're going to pound through this, you're probably listening to this on a Thursday, uh, early Thursday morning or late Thursday afternoon. Um, but Unless it, you're in our living rooms. Yeah, unless yeah, unless you're our our, our, um, our wives listening in in the other rooms. Or cats. Um, or cats, or dogs, or children, in your case. Uh, so, uh, today's a big day, actually. Um, today was the, finally, they released the day and price of the PlayStation 5. Sony did another live stream event, and uh, I was able to watch it live. I actually have a video uploading to YouTube right now, so you, you can you can go check that out if you want to see, like, my reactions to everything going on. I talk a little bit about, uh, about it during, um, but... Uh, but, uh, oh, and I just got a notification that Amazon might be going up soon for pre-orders, just as a heads up, John. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, we'll do it. If we have to, we'll seriously do it mid-podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> can, can you pause a podcast? No, we'll just do it live. We'll just leave it in here, too. Like, people will be listening to us <laughs> order our games on Amazon. Um, so, so basically, uh, we're just going to talk PS5 today. We're talking the PS5 reveal. We talked, you know, Series S and Series X. Uh, last time, and so this we finally get to talk PS5. Um, so first, it's going to start off with a little bit of a rant. A little bit. It's, it's not too much of a rant because I and John both were able to secure one. But I want to rant a little bit about pre-ordering. And and if you've if you've been following my podcast for a while, or if you've seen my YouTube videos, you know I've done a few of these pre-order rants. I did one about the Super Nintendo Classic, even though that ended up not being that big a deal because more went up later to pre-order and a few other items like that. Like, just items that you feel like shouldn't be that hard to get (laughs) and they sell out just instantly and they screw up the whole pre-order system. Same with the Switch. Like, the Switch was really hard to get right away and just really annoying. Um, So, the PlayStation 5. The live event happens at 3 p.m. our time. It wrapped up around 345 our time, 355, somewhere in there. It's like an hour long, maybe. And yeah. at the very end of it, now, if you remember, John, a month ago, they came out and they said, hey, you're going to have plenty of time to pre-order the system once we announce the price and the date and all that. You have plenty of time to pre-order. That was Sony's big thing. And so they come out saying it'll be able to begin pre-ordering starting tomorrow, so starting Thursday, at select retailers. That's what Sony said. Okay. And, then, and then about an hour later, Walmart goes up. Then, uh, what was after Walmart? I think it was Best Buy went up and then crashed instantly. Then GameStop went up. Then Target went up. Amazon still hasn't gone up yet. We're still waiting on that. But all the retailers, select retailers, quote unquote, that were supposed to start doing pre-orders tomorrow, they all go up tonight, Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon, really. And so if you follow, like we joked about this, but if you follow Wario64 on Twitter, then you're fine. You're fine. You knew all about it. You had ample opportunity to get one at different retailers. If yep. you don't, and if you don't, you're very angry right now. <laughs> and and no, not not now. You'll be angry tomorrow because you'll go to the stores when Sony said, "Hey, starting tomorrow," and you go to the stores. In fact, originally GameStop had said, "Hey, starting tomorrow, you can pre-order in store." They started pre-ordering every console in store today, and they had incredibly limited quantities. So. Basically, that's my rant. My rant is the pre-order system. And I don't know how this gets any better, right? Because you could argue that, yes, there's resellers and there's flippers and there's scalpers. And how do you combat that? You don't really. You know, you don't. How you combat that is you have enough for everyone. (laughs) And unfortunately, a really sought-after piece of equipment with lots of hype behind it is always going to draw the attention of people. And things that have the attention of people have the attention of people who can buy them and sell them for profit, especially right before the holiday season. Maybe... And just maybe you could release it not before the holiday season. <laughs> maybe, yeah, you know, be... like Nintendo proved you don't need the holiday season to push hardware. They released the switch in March 
March. It was like unheard of for a game console to not launch at Christmas. And you know what? Switch is pretty successful. So it also it also was sold out for months. Like it, months. It continued to sell. And this is pre-quarantine. This is pre-COVID times. Like everything sold out in COVID times. In fact, funny story, John. PS4 is retail new for three hundred right now. They go for three fifty to four hundred on eBay because you just cannot <laughs> find them in stores anywhere. Crazy talk. Jesus. Crazy talk. So my rant today is a little bit about one. It's about how poorly Sony handled this. Uh, they they first of all, if if you want to tell people when they can pre-order then you need to actually have talked to the retailers and maybe set a pre-order start time. Like, imagine if you had said all retailers have to start Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time, every retailer goes live. That gives you an opportunity at every retailer to get it. You know, and that's mm-hmm. a that's a level of coordination that I know they can do. And so it's frustrating that they don't, you know, and, and whatever. You know, um, in fact, Microsoft had announced that some GameStops would be opening early to pre-order the Series X and S. When you can do that, I think, on the 22nd of September? Yep. I think it's the day. So, so like, it's possible to organize and coordinate these things if you want to. Now, Nintendo's proven that sometimes the better strategy is the, is the, the, uh, the incite the rioting of the crowds. You know, make your item impossible <laughs> to get. And then and then piss everybody off who doesn't get one, but everyone who gets one's happy. Well, as happy as you can be. So that's kind of it. I don't know, and I don't know how to fix it. I don't really know how to fix that problem. That's my big thing. Maybe don't release it in the holiday time. Maybe don't, you know. I don't know. I I, I mean, there's always gonna be people trying to flip and resell things they think they can make money on. So I, I don't think, think that's the problem. It's it's like it's got to be a quantity issue. It just has to be. What I think they that could probably help would be continue to take pre-orders and just have waves potentially that's a good idea that's a multi-tier system yep and 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 say like basically say all right we're gonna do waves up until two weeks before christmas so like do four waves or whatever and so that way you can tell a customer all right you're in the fourth wave so you're gonna get your console the week of december 15th and that way they know they for sure have one secured and they don't have to go to eBay and pay $2,000 to get a console before Christmas yeah. for their big gift. I like that idea um, a lot, actually. I, I like that idea a lot. And it, like, what's funny, if you remember, too, with the Switch, actually, is a good example. The Switch, they they pre-ordered x amount at retailers but then gave extra quantity to retailers to sell in store so you could have one pre-ordered but then there was also a set number of systems that were going to be at every retailer like best buy i remember must have had like i think they pre-ordered 100 and had 100 extra to sell so they only they were only pre-ordering about 50 percent capacity which which again was a nice idea because then it still gives you that chance day one like you could still get up earlier than everyone else and yada yada i i think with this generation of consoles the ps5 and the xbox one x or the xbox series x i feel like sony at least was down to the wire as far as like getting the crap produced sure so absolutely i do think it's i do think it's down to like how many they can make in a set amount of time whereas i do think microsoft probably will have more consoles on the shelves because it seems like they had their units finalized faster. Yeah. Like, yeah, that makes Phil sense. Phil Spencer, I mean, I mean, they revealed it back at games, uh, the, the Game, Game Awards. Awards last year. Yep. And Phil Spencer, I think before that, was saying that he already had his system at home and he was playing only on that. Like, and that was a couple weeks before. So... Microsoft potentially had their finalized product done for almost a full year before it's going to launch. Sure. Or at least, at least very close to finalized where they might've just said, Oh, at the last minute we can put in a different chip here, a different, you know, size hard drive here, different, you know, whatever, but you're right. For the, for the most part, the system was finished. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems like Sony, I don't know. Do you get that same impression where it seems like Sony took a while longer to get to their final design? Yes, I would definitely say that. Although, I they they said something too. I forget exactly, but I swear Sony said something along the lines of, 
that they had they had been very finished like they were finalized in production in the spring or finalized in design in the spring and i just wonder if they were just still trying to get like the better deal from chips negotiating like i, I don't know maybe they were just, i i don't know honestly i can't believe it took sony this long it's less than 60 days to launch it's 30 36 days to launching the uh the ps5 and they straight up just told us the price i mean that's yeah. crazy <laughs> that's what did it, what did it say thir- no 56 56 days excuse me that's crazy i mean that's like unheard of man um but yeah so that's just you know those are some great ideas though i like the the, the idea of having some at launch and some pre-ordered don't pre-order all the quantities and then do like a tiered pre-order which GameStop kind of did back in the day when I remember when the 360 came out it sold out and then we were able to take pre-orders after like up to I think a few weeks before the system came out we were able to take pre-orders for quote-unquote the second shipment and as systems came in we had a pre-order list like in order of pre-orders and you got called once your system was in and and that works I mean I think people are okay with that you know because if they don't get an initial pre-order and then you just say okay now it's up to Good luck finding in the wild. That's like that's even worse <laughs> than anything else, you know. Uh, you may remember this, but that's actually what I had to do for the 360 because uh, I bought a 360 from your store in the mall <laughs> and uh, got it home and put every single launch title into that console because I bought all of them and none of them worked. I got oh, you a discreet a, error dead, al- dead on arrival. You had a Xbox stinky disk drive? Oh, no. You yep. had a stinker right out of the box? Yeah, now, so John, like, I, raced, I that, raced back to uh, your store, and uh, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get one because they were going to be sold out. And so I was just like, ah, just give me my money back. And then I went and I, uh, I sat in line at Best Buy for like eight hours. Man, see, John, that's like, so that's so surprising because the 360 was such a well built piece of hardware. It was the, yeah, the launch model right. 360s were just <laughs> incredible pieces of hardware. <laughs> There's but, a good reason why anytime a new mo- model revision came out, I upgraded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, and and I tell you, I'm I'm calling it right now. This time next year. There will be a black PS5 on the market, and I'm going to have to buy that damn thing so it doesn't look so white and ugly <laughs> on my shelf. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah. The the kind of funny guys were talking about how it very much looks like the blades on the side of it are faceplate-like. Like, that you could potentially yeah. buy new, new blades. So... Well, if so- that's the case, that could be pretty yeah. cool. If Sony were smart, they would sell that at launch. Sell black ones right away for like fifty bucks a piece, and you know half the people that buy that system are gonna buy those stupid things. Yes, <laughs> you know that's where you make your money back. You know, or or if they had made the discless one black and the disc drive one white, ooh, I would still wouldn't have bought one, but it would, that would have really pissed me off. So I'm glad they didn't do I, that. I don't like the fact that the discless one doesn't have a disc drive, but I do feel like it looks like the better system. It's it's like, more uniform. I agree. Yeah, I, I like that it's it doesn't have the uh, the the hump on the side, but obviously I'm not ever going to buy that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so with that being said, let's get right into it. We've got our pickup piles of the week, which are both very pathetic this week. We have our games yep. of the week, and uh, and then we're just going to talk the PS5. So what I want to do, John, is I want to kind of go down the list of announcements they made and just get your opinion on it. And that's it's it. Okay. We're going we're gonna to do this really quick, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We're going to get out of here, and then uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Um, so to begin, they opened the stream with a console exclusive. Not, not, it was NAC 3, right? <laughs> you wish. I know you're a NAC man. <laughs> you're a NAC man. Um, but Sony, Sony starts off with an exclusive reveal, console exclusive, Final Fantasy 16. Now, say what you will about the Final Fantasy franchise, where it is, where it's been, how you like it now, how it used to be way awesome, and now it's kind of eh. But revealing a new Final Fantasy game and saying it's a console exclusive for the PS5, in my opinion, is a pretty big deal. Now, it did note that it is coming to PC, but not coming to Switch, not coming to Xbox. That's that's I think that's a pretty big deal. Again, Final Fantasy, eh, you know. I mean, whatever, it's whatever as, as a series. And the game looked fine i don't think there was anything that like made me say i had to have it but it's, did you, you know, did you see any coleman camping gear or cup noodle i didn't in the trailer i did not see any pathetic 
product placement. I didn't see any oh, 3P, no. so I don't know. What what game is going to secure the exclusive Coleman Camping Gear license oh, this I, well, generation? I don't know. I mean, I hope they lock that license down for many years to come. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but I thought it was still cool looking. And as far as I can tell, it looks like the main characters got old version and young version. So maybe it's going to have two timelines kind of going on or something. I mean, I don't know. I, I think more the announcement of a new Final Fantasy game is almost more exciting than the actual game itself. <laughs> if, if that makes I, any I, sense. <laughs> I saw a little bit of the combat, but I didn't see much of this. Now, uh, I will tell everybody listening. So, I didn't really watch this thing. I listened to it because I was delivering the mail while it was going on. I even tweet- uh, and I was doing that up until like thirty minutes ago, so I didn't get a chance <laughs> to actually sit down and watch it. Um, so, is this game is is it a futuristic one like seven and like thirteen and and fifteen, or is this look kind of like Final Fantasy nine um, and like the older style? It looked very medieval, very older style. Yeah, okay. and it almost looks like something that they were talking about how that you know you've got like the crystals, and like they were basically saying like like kingdoms fighting over the crystals. You know, like I don't know, it looked all right. I, I mean, I know there's like it looked kind of generic, but I don't know. Final Fantasy 15 is like a hidden gem to me, even though I think that game is kind of a pile. Like that game has okay. flashes. It has flashes of brilliance buried deep, deep within it. So I enjoyed it. I finished 15, and I I, I don't know why, but there's something about that game and. I, I know what it was. I mean, there was really good music usage, very very strategic placing of "Stand by Me" in that game, and so which is <laughs> which I know it sounds really stupid. But that yeah. song is in that game. It is, and it's a beautiful <laughs> rendition of it. And there's is it, there's is it a cover? Yes, um, and thematically okay. thematically it fits in certain parts, and there's some really touching stuff at the end, you know. And so there's some really good stuff there, like the stuff they did okay. right, they did really well. Most of the game they didn't do really well <laughs> to, did, to now did you play that game right and because like the end of that game your your character like stares at like photographs like lovingly doesn't he K- kind of i can't uh, really say much without spoiling but kind of what i what i heard some people did was uh the the like fond memories that that you take on your your travels with your friends they just like took pictures of like cup noodle and stuff yeah and so there was so, like a like, photo gallery at the end, yeah, which, yeah, which is like your cinematic. road trip, yeah. The character's like looking at the cup noodle, <laughs> like <laughs> longingly. Now I that's funny. Awesome. That's funny. That's a good use of that. Um, so next up, they they bring up they show more Spider-Man Miles Morales, and th- this is something we know is coming. I don't think we really need to see more Spider-Man to know it's going to be awesome. But yeah. it looks awesome, John. I mean, they they talked a little bit about the story. It almost it, it eerily is reminiscent of current times, where there's like two f- warring factions kind of in the city that are like almost like this kind of protester counter protester kind of kind of vibe going on. Uh, and okay. Miles is in the middle of it, but it it looked cool. I mean, it looked great, and and his powers look really interesting. Obviously, Miles has a few different powers than Peter Parker does. And uh, I mean, it just—it's going to be awesome. That was my game of the year in 2018, and there's no way. I mean, it's not going to be my game of the year in 2020 because I probably won't get to play it in 2020. I'll probably play it in <laughs> 2021, <laughs> depending on how long Demon Souls takes me. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. It just—it just looked pretty, looked great. I was really hoping that at some point within that trailer. Miles Morales would just like just be like, "Holy shit! Would you look at that puddle?" Yeah, like, <laughs> they, just, like, that puddle looks amazing. I'm surprised they didn't have like a big puddle that someone steps into or something. Because Insomniac, like, I could see them their marketing like taking a shot, you know, at that at yeah. Puddlegate in uh, in like, 2018. If it would have been great if they would have had the character actually verbalize something about mm. a puddle, not just. Not just like have a puddle in the screen, but like for them to literally be like, "Oh my God, look at that!" Yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> um, so there's two versions of that coming out. Uh, there's the standard version, which is just the game, and it's going to be fifty. And then there's the the launch special edition, which is going to be seventy, and it's going to come with the game and then a digital download for the remaster of the original Spider-Man. Yeah, which which I'm kind of frustrated with because originally they said it came with it. 
like like I don't know if yeah. it was a, a decision that changed, but I swear the last live event they said you get both games on the disc, which isn't necessarily wrong. Well, yeah, it's wrong because both games are on the disc, but it's wrong in the sense that you have to buy a better version to get it for free, quote unquote. When really what you're buying is a complete edition. You know, it's called it's called Spider Man Complete Edition or something, but I don't know. I yeah. I don't like but- that. That kind of frustrates me a little bit. Yeah, I, I would prefer it if it was on a disc, but uh, my, my question about Spider-Man in general, I haven't read the Myra's Morales Spider-Man stuff, um, but when there's two Spider-Men in the world, what do they call Miles? Like, are they just both Spider-Man? Like, if they're I, standing next to each other, they're like, hey, Spider-Man, hey, other <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I've never read any of the comics either. I've only My only experience with Miles Morales is Spider-Verse, which I love, but yeah, I, I well, can't, and- yeah, I can't uh, speak to that. Well, the, and the other Spider-Man in the sh- in the Spider Verse just call him Miles, but the like when when Miles Morales first came around in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, Spider-Man died, and then Miles became Spider-Man. Right. So it made Correct. sense to replace him, and you can still call him Spider-Man. But then they combined the universes um, in. There was a comic book version of Spider Verse, basically, and they combined the universes. But then now there's two Spider Men that are swinging around New York, and it's like, what? Like, you don't call him Black Spider Man, right? Right. Like, that would um, be awful. That's a great. That's a great question. Uh, they call them Spider Men. I don't know. We it, uh... we need to ask Dave Powers this. Yeah, I actually that's not a bad <laughs> idea. I might do that. Uh, yeah. so so it looks good. It's whatever. Um. Next, they revealed something that we had had leaked but hadn't been confirmed. The Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy PS5 game next year. So they're doing an open-world Harry Potter RPG. Which How did this look? It looked pretty good, actually, I'll say. I thought it was... At first, when I started seeing it, I was like, oh, it's going to kind of look like... It's going to kind of look kind of cartoony, almost like a Fortnite minimalistic sort of style. And it's not. It's more like Fable, where it is realistic, okay. but it has a distinct art style to it. Like like a, a, a realistic, but has an art style to it, I guess, is the only way I know how to describe it. Um, Who's making this? So it's Avalanche. Uh, oh, the, yeah. um, the Cars. Cars, and, not just Cars. Uh, Disney Infinity and <laughs> Car- stuff. Cars, not okay. Rage 2. <laughs> Um, but it it looked cool I mean so Jenny watched the trailer Jenny is a huge Harry Potter fan and it's funny too because I saw her okay so I hadn't told her about it yet she's sitting on her iPad on the couch on the couch right before we were about to start doing the podcast and she starts watching something she goes what's this like a new Hogwarts movie and I'm like no it's a new game and she's like huh and I'm like oh you gotta watch it so she watches it and I heard a few like oohs and a few she was geeking out it was great (laughs) Um, but but what's funny is she was kind of I was I was on party chat on PlayStation with my friend playing Monster Hunter, and I was talking to him a little about the PS5 because he's kind of out of the loop. And I was like, here's how you're going to pre-order one. Here's what you got to do. Demon Souls, me and him played all the way through Demon Souls originally together. And like, so okay. I want to play this new one with him too. And so I'm like, hey, you got to get a PS5, man. You got to get Demon Souls. got to do it. And uh, and so we were talking about the PS5, and she's like, well, how much is it? I'm like, 500 She goes, oh, why, why do you even need a PS5? Like, you got a PS5. You know, she was kind of doing <laughs> that thing, which is totally like a fair question. Um, and then when she saw that, she's like, what's it coming on? And I'm like, it's on the PS5. <laughs> so, so now Jenny asked you why you need a PS5. Yeah, yeah, probably probably a silly question. <laughs> yeah, a um, little bit. But uh, I'm a silly guy, so it works out. Um, after that, it went super boring, and they started talking about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Yeah, there's a lot of swearing in that trailer. I was just like, are yeah. they just running off? Like, are they trying to run down every swear word like, to make sure they say it? A lot of swearing, not that I care, but a lot of swearing. And and they just showed, like, the weirdest stuff. So just, I'm going to briefly touch on this because I really don't care much about Call of Duty. Maybe. But they So they showed, <laughs> they showed, like, some of the, the shooting, right? So the guy, like... He, I'm I'm getting lost because this was so it was like the worst version of a Michael Bay action movie I've ever seen. I, so, I heard a um I heard an Inception yeah so noise. He, he like there's this part where they they try to like assassinate a guy they fail it so then it goes into this like you know you gotta go kill you know they gotta chase the guy down and he's trying to take off in an airplane and they're in trucks before they get in the truck 
he like runs up. Okay. They've got like, they've all got assault rifles. There's like 10 guys down there and they start shooting a few. And then he just runs right into the face of one guy, which makes no sense. I mean, they had strategic positioning. They would have just killed all those guys and then gotten the truck, but he runs down there and they show like the first one is he like stabs him in the neck with his knife and then pulls it out and then takes and then snaps his neck or like hits him with the gunner or like, no, he stabs him in the throat with a knife and then pulls his pistol out and headshots him. <laughs> After he's already <laughs> stabbed him in the throat. And I'm just like, wow, that's really overkill. I mean, I again, Michael Bay movie, it's fine. But it's not fine for, like, a quote-unquote military sim, which I feel like Call of Duty's always tried to walk that line. So then, anyway, so they show him in the truck, and they just have all this outrageous stuff. Like, the truck's going back and forth. And I feel like the guy playing should have died about 100 times <laughs> from, like, where he got <laughs> shot and all this other stuff. And then they show him pull down an RC car, and you're driving the RC car trying to blow up the airplane and stop it from taking off. And you're just like, okay, it's fine. It's just, like, your Michael Bay action stuff. But it was... Like, that one scene where he stabs a guy right in the throat and then pulls his gun out and blasts him. <laughs> like, like, it looks like some John Wick stuff, which is... <laughs> I would say John Wick's more realistic than that. Like, he doesn't even waste the effort to, like, double kill someone, you know? But, like, in this no. game, he stabs someone in the throat and then blasts them with his other hand. It's It was ridiculous. Do you have any questions about Black Ops Cold War, John, or can we move on? No. No, <laughs> okay. I do not. Let's move on, because nobody cares. Um, so then this I thought was cool. They didn't really show much new stuff. I mean, it was kind of a new trailer. It was a new trailer, but it felt like there wasn't really any new info or anything. Resident Evil 8. Um, I'm very excited for this game because I loved 7, and I loved the creepiness of it. 8 looks to be ramping up the same thing, but it takes place, like, in these this, like, mountain... This mountainous, like forested village and so i've got these very awesome resident evil 4 vibes coming out where they actually have like villager type people not just the black muck monsters that were in resident evil 7 um but then also you've got like those characters like the hillbilly family from 7 and and it was like it just looks great man i'm i'm sign me up i'm on board didn't they end it with like a fairy tale they had it kind of weaving through. They were telling the story of a girl who goes into the forest and gets lost. Now that it actually looked like a Tim Burton animated movie. It was like yeah, this cool claymation I, kind of thing. It looked really cool. I caught some of that. Uh, and I was like, what, where is this going? Yeah. I mean, and that was kind of weird, but I also love that because what I loved about seven was it, it felt like there was still a mysticism to it. Like somehow, you know, in, in the first resident evil, you know, it's zombies and then you find out it's like a scientific thing. And so it's grounded in reality. And that's cool, but there's also that there's always that mystery effect to it. In in 7 they were able to bring back the mystery side of it and made you think, "Wow, these people are like nuts, they're immortal, like what's going on here?" And then again they wrap it around to the scientific. But what's cool about this trailer is it's once again taking me to going, "Wow, this is just kind of like weird funky stuff. I know they're going to end up going back to science. That's what Resident Evil does and that's what you know, it's all viruses and whatever. But I don't know. It was it was cool to like make me feel like that sense of creepiness, and it just like it looks incredible. Now the demo they were running was on PC, and they don't even have a date for when it's coming to consoles. So I mean, you know, I'm not gonna get too excited yet. But it looks. I mean, sign me up for Resident Evil Eight. Like I'm all in. Yeah. They also they showed Chris again uh, in the trailer, and they they're almost seeming like they're teasing him to be a bad guy. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going with that. I'm not quite sure where they're going with that. Um, so then next, they showed more of Ar- Arcane. That, so that's Dishonored, the Dishonored Death Studio. Deathloop. Yep. Yep. And I don't, I don't know what it is. I just can't get into that game. Nothing about that appeals to me. I don't know what it is. Like, and and it should like the idea of a time loop and having to like manipulate the levels so that you kill everyone at once. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I guess. Um, and I like this. I like the music. I like the style to it all, but I don't know. Nothing's pulling me to that game. It, like Arcane's games, like conceptually, I like the ideas of a lot, but I just can't get into playing them too much. Like, um, did you play the demo for their, their version of Prey? I, I played a little bit of Prey. Very little. I like, I don't remember if the demo started up the same way the game, or if the demo was the same as the beginning of the game, but like the idea that like you were trapped in this simulation that you have to break out of, I thought was really, really cool. And they, they hit a lot of stuff in the demo that if you were determined, you could get like, um, so the, you, at one point you get into a helicopter and you fly somewhere and, the 
the entirety around you is all a giant video screen and the helicopter is like on a gimbal and your character just doesn't realize it. And so they think that they actually flew somewhere. Well, once you get out of that, that demo and you, you, or once you break out of the, uh, simulation, the thing, the simulation, you can actually get on top of the entirety of that little cube that they put you into like up into the rafters and you can see like all of the stuff they used to keep your character trapped and imprisoned. And so they put a lot of effort into it, but I just like something about after I break out of that, I just, I, it couldn't, I couldn't get too into it. Although I have really bad gaming ADD. Mm. So like I, I loved the demo, but I just never went back to it. And then even like, the DLC they added to that game conceptually was really, really cool. They added like a roguelike element um, and almost made it like another game. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just, I haven't gone back to it. I, I really want to though. I, it's one of those games where I, I feel like I need an entire day to myself where I can just play nothing but yeah. that. You need, you need time to dedicate to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the snooze fest continued <laughs> with, Devil May Cry 5 doing a special edition. Which, and it's only digital. And it's only digital. Uh, and the only thing they're really adding, as far as I can tell, that I would care about is a playable Virgil, um, which, whatever. <laughs> which I mean, is, isn't that what they did with Dead or Alive 3? The special edition? Oh, DMC 3, yes. Uh, yeah. No, so yeah. They're basically yeah. doing exactly the same thing. Pretty much. Um, and uh, you know what? I like Devil May Cry 5 enough. It was fine. Um, but... Like that didn't get me because at first I thought it was a new Devil May Cry, and I was like, "Oh!" And then I was like, "Oh, never mind." Um, then then they rolled into something I do think is interesting, but I I'm not super excited for it, but I think it's interesting, and that's the new Odd World game. So Odd World Soulstorm, which we've known about for a while, uh, you play as Abe again. So if you played Odd World Abe's Odyssey or Abe's Exodus for the PS One, uh, which they ended up porting to the Vita, did they do PS Four versions of those too? I yes. think they did. Er, and they're, yeah. they're fun. They're like side-scrollers, but they're like puzzle games. They remind me a lot of games like Flashback or the original Prince of Persia, where it's these kind of like, I don't know, it's not really, it's like a platformer, but it's a puzzle platformer where you have to like, yeah. like there's like a gun that's going to shoot you if you don't, you know, like jump up one floor, go through the vent, then jump down, hit a switch, and then open the door and let the gun kill that bad guy or whatever. You know, like it's it's really hard to describe what type of game it is. I've always felt they're a little stiff as well. Very stiff. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. It's almost meant to be like a puzzle game, like in its restrictions. Uh, you don't, you, it's not, it's not Devil May Cry where you can just like dance around for an hour. Yeah, or Dead Cells or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but it, it looks cool. I've always thought Oddworld was interesting and, and the voice acting was good and they've got like the biggest budget an Oddworld game's ever had. So I hope it's good. And, and <laughs> you know, I, I do love the universe and I think it's, it's, it's fun and, and they've got a passion for it. So I like it. Um, but not much else to say there. Uh, the next one, for me anyway, another snoozer, uh, Five Nights <laughs> Five Nights Security Breach. So Five Nights at Freddy's is still around, apparently. Uh, it's come a long way from being a Steam game where he just churned out garbage sequels like every six months uh, and then actually making full-fledged <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's games. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's move on. I don't care anything about that. And then I, I was surprised I did get a look at that and I was surprised that that actually looked like a real game. It, it did. It did look like a real game. The other ones looked like they were made like they would have been acceptable back in like 1992 as a point and click adventure game. <laughs> yeah. Almost. They remind me of like those old FMV games almost like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like night trap and stuff. Night trap. Yep. Uh, so, so after that snoozer though, we got an extended look and gameplay footage of my most anticipated title uh, at the end of the year here, right behind Cyberpunk, I should say. Bug Snacks? <laughs> Demon Souls, which obviously anyone who listens to this knows I'm a Dark Souls fan. We we gushed over Dark Souls only, uh, what, two weeks ago? And the Souls games have a very special place for me. I've been a FromSoft fan since the PS1 days of Kingsfield, and I just love almost everything they do. And Demon Souls, while they're they're not the ones in charge of the remaster... It's uh, Bluepoint and uh, Japan Studios. It looks incredible, dude. Did you get a chance to see yeah. it? Yeah, uh, I saw a bit of it where he was fighting the one of the 
early demons in the game that has a giant axe. Yeah. Oh, uh, and it looks God, awesome. Just incredible. I'm excited that we're going to get a probably get a proper strategy guide for this game finally. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would, hey, just they explain, never made one. Just explain world tendency. Yeah, the only strategy guide they have for it is in the collector's edition of the PS3 version. There's like this yep. little mini guidebook that doesn't actually tell you anything. Uh, and but, I didn't I didn't buy that when it came out. But I lucked into it because somebody traded the col- the special edition in to the oh. store I was working at. Um, and you got it at used. The time, yeah, that thing was still selling for like 150 bucks. So I lucked out and got that. <laughs> That's great. Um. So, but that looks it looks fantastic. And they and they didn't say it during the trailer. They announced it after the show was over for some stupid reason. But it's a launch title. So Demon Souls yeah. is a launch title along with Miles Morales, Spider Man. Um, so then, which made yes. me need a console. <laughs> yeah, that that was what I kind of told myself. I said I won't freak out about getting one right away unless Demon Souls is a launch title. Which even still, the WoW ex- the new WoW expansion have only been out for two weeks at that point, and Cyberpunk is coming out right around there. So even if I didn't get Demon Souls in a PS5, I'd still be like, I'm cool because I got stuff to play. Plus, it's the yeah. holiday season, so I'm not really gonna stress out about it. But yeah, I mean, it's Demon Souls, and I, I want in on that, like, ASAP. Um, then, this was actually one of the few things to me that was a legitimate surprise. Um, you know, Resident Evil 8 had kind of leaked early. Final Fantasy, even Final Fantasy 16 had kind of leaked a little early. This caught me by surprise, and this, I would argue, John, is something that they've only recently come up with, I feel like, to battle the likes of Game Pass and such. So, so Oh, yeah. So, so, Sony comes out with something called... Uh, what do they call it? I, f- I forget what they actually called it. It was like the, it was PlayStation plus. What the hell do they call it? The article here doesn't have it. Unfortunately, I thought they did. But anyway, the idea is that if you're a PlayStation plus subscriber at launch on PS five, you have access to a ton of PS four games to download and play for free automatically. It was all of the PlayStation four greatest hits. So God of War, Bloodborne, Horizon Zero Dawn, Days Gone, Days Gone, all that stuff, plus a few others like Fallout Four. I noticed was was shown there. Um, oh, Bloodborne was on that. Can, what? can we play that game without thirty second load times? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I hope so. So, uh, but that was really a, so. It's a cool idea, but that to me felt like this is a tacked on service to try yes. to compete with something like Games pa- Game Pass. You know, and, and that's fine. I mean, it's whatever, you know. Um, imitation it, it is the like sincerest form of flattery and all that, so. It seemed like it was about 20 games, right? Well, I mean, I think that might be the initial list, but I don't know because they were going through them so fast and showing different games. It's at I would say it's at least around 20, maybe more. Okay. So obviously compared to Game Pass, that's nothing. That's like a drop in the bucket. But if you got access to all of Sony's first-party stuff from the PS4 on PS5, that's pretty cool Although I'd argue that most people who would want those games already have a PS4 and probably already had those games. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, but hey, anytime you get access to free games, I'm never going to complain about that. I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to bitch about, uh, you know, more games for free. Um, so that, that was kind of a neat announcement. Like, I really did not see that coming. Um, it would have been really awesome to see, like, hey, your PS5 will play PS4 games and PS3, and PS2, and PS1. Like, that would have been amazing. I yes. did not expect that, though. I never... It was never going to happen. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to be pissed that it didn't happen because I have realistic expectations. Um, after Same. that, they finally... Because, you know, between every... You didn't get really, to really see this because you didn't watch it. But between every, like, segment, every game announcement, they showed off that stupid thing they did when they revealed what the system looked like. They show, like, the shapes up close, you know? Yeah, and it sounded like... Um... It sounded like the music from uh, Stranger Things. A yes, bit. yeah, very much. Um, and so they did that stupid shapes crap. And then after they talked about the PlayStation Plus games from PS4 you get to play, they showed um, that the PS5 launches November 12th, priced at $4.99 for the disk drive version and $3.99 for the one without the disk drive. Um, and then, so I want to talk about that. You know, let's just do it now. So what what are your thoughts on the price? I think that's exactly what we guessed that it would be a few weeks ago. Yeah, I'm now again. I don't have any interest in the digital console, but at three ninety nine, 
and having no compromises technological or technologically from the disk drive version, that is a really good deal for people that want to go digital. Yep, it really um, is. Yep, it is. Be- because two ninety nine for the Xbox or Xbox Series S is a great entry point to next gen. It's it, it's much a much less powerful console compared to the other two, and so it comes to a point where it's like, all right, do I want to get the two ninety nine console and just barely get in the next gen in a digital format? Or do I want to pay an extra hundred bucks and get a fully powered digital only console? Right. And I I would say that, like, from a salesman's perspective, I feel like that would be an easy sell um, to most customers. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that the strategy that we knew was coming is starting to really take shape in this generation. Sony's taking a bigger hit on the diskless systems than they are on the on the full-fledged PS5 because that $100 that's not the cost of a disk drive not even close right so realistic it's like about 50 isn't it probably closer to that i mean that's closer than 100 so arguably the now yeah arguably they're losing more money on the one without a disk drive but that guarantees them full profit of digital sales that also yep. guarantees them PlayStation Plus subscriptions and PlayStation Now subscriptions. I mean, not guaranteed, but you know what I mean. So it has you have a, you have a much you make your money back on the software side. So Sony has a strategy, a futuristic ish strategy going forward where they're going to say, "Look, we're not just sticking to the old way of doing this with disc drives and yada yada. We have our path forward." And I think this does solidify that once this generation, say six seven years, goes by. I think you'll start to see a shift to closer to 70, 75% purchases will be digital. And then after that, the next system just won't have disk drives, you know, because they can justify losing 25% of their customers if that's even an accurate number because they'll make that money back not having not having to f- print physical disks and not having to give a cut to retailers and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I saw a really goofy st- uh, statistic from Capcom like a couple months ago that Capcom claimed that 90% of their sales nowadays are digital. And they said this at a point where, um, I, I, for quite a while, I was having a very difficult time locating a copy of Resident Evil 3 for Xbox One at any retailer. Mm-hmm. And, and then they came out and they're like, oh yeah, 90% of our sales are digital. And it's just like, yeah, because you're not making discs. Like... <laughs> Like if you yeah. can't if you can't walk in and find your product on a store shelf, then yeah, of course ninety percent of your customers are just going to buy it digitally if they really want it. Right. Um, so I, I feel like Capcom is almost like pushing digital faster than other re- or other developers potentially, especially with this now the Devil May Cry announcement that it's only going to be a digital download. Yeah. Well, and that's it's also I wonder about that because. I'd like to see more in-depth numbers about that because I have a feeling that a lot of their sales are also when the game's on sale, you know, like, cause yeah. they do like a public, they do like a Capcom publisher sale and you can get the Mega Man X collection for like six bucks on PSN. Now is 90%. Is that a revenue cut or is that total units? You know what I mean? It's like, there's a lot of questions. I think they were talking about units. Well, and then also like their other big game at that time was, uh, like monster hunter iceborne. Yeah. And, most people don't need to buy a full copy of Monster Hunter to play Iceborne. They would have just probably bought the download of the expansion. Mm-hmm. Which, funny story, actually, that's one of the only games I have full digital is Monster Hunter because I wanted to play it like when it unlocked that night. You know, <laughs> So I actually bought it digital, had it preloaded, and then started playing it when I could. So I was wondering, when, when you said that you owned it digitally, I was like, why did he buy that digitally? Yeah, very strange. I mean, I don't, I don't even really know why I did it because I think... I think that night I went to GameStop at like nine o'clock and I was able to get a couple copies. So I didn't even need to do that, but I had just done it. But now I find it really convenient. <laughs> and we always talk about this, like the, the, the not having to put a disc in is very convenient. Like I just load up my PS4 yes. and it's always there. Like I don't have to swap a disc or anything. I just sit down and it's there. Um, so speaking of price, I want to sh- pivot to something else. Now, this is not something that they announced 
during the show, this came out like right after as they were kind of feeding information, you know, in written form to journalists and such. But PlayStation 5 launch games, Demon Souls included, are going to retail at $69.99. So that is a $10 price jump from this current generation. But it also feels like that's no longer like that's not that's no longer like a mandatory thing almost where it's like that's not the expectation because miles morales i think is 50 right it's 49.99 yeah i think the Sackboy game is also 50 yeah so what i'm hoping then is we get out of this mentality this is something i've had an issue with for years i hope we get out of the mentality that if it's not a 60 dollar game there must be something wrong with it because if they're not selling it for 60, there must be something wrong with it. Now, obviously, there's indies for like 20 bucks. I'm not talking about that. But if you have normal retail games are 59.99, and all of a sudden you see a brand new game come out at 49.99, instantly in your head you start to think, well, what's wrong with it? Why, why is it not worth 59 like this game is? And that also, to avoid that issue, publishers then will sell a game that they should have sold for 50 or 40, and they'll sell it at 60, even if it has the same even if it has one-tenth of the budget of a Grand Theft Auto or something, you know, and yet they're still putting it out there at the that same price. Um, so that's interesting to me. Also, the controller, the PlayStation 5 DualSense controllers are $69.99. <laughs> so controllers are $70 now. Yep. Which, oh my good God, controllers which, are 70 bucks. Which Microsoft's controller doesn't look like it's going to be much more than what the the previous gen was because right. uh, they're just adding the share button. And then also Microsoft's allowing you to use all of your old controllers from Xbox one yep. on the new console, including the, the elite controllers and, and all that. Uh, so that's pretty consumer friendly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and that just, that shows more of the strategy too. Like the strategy was Microsoft was like, it's very incremental. Like the whole point of the Series X was this is just a stronger version of the Xbox One. It was meant to play everything control-wise. They didn't change anything fundamentally where you couldn't use your old controllers, you know? Like with, you know, adding a whole different type of like rumble to the 3D rumble or whatever the, the, that, that changed. And when games do that, then you can't obviously use a DualShock for that. So, you know, it's so, you know, Sony pivoted again, rendering old accessories useless. Uh, I think you could still use PS4 controllers, though, for PS4 games, just not for PS5 games. I believe games. that's the case. Um, I I wish yeah. that Sony would get on the uh, uh, into the Xbox Design Lab business um, because those custom controllers that you can order are so freaking cool. Yeah, and it would be really neat uh, for Sony to have something comparable. I'm also hoping that Microsoft still does it for Xbox One or Xbox Series X controllers. Because I would like to, at some point, have my daughter Lyra design a controller uh, with her name on it and everything, and have that yeah. be her controller. Well, that'd be awesome. Um, and, and that that pretty much, I mean, the last kind of big announcement, I guess, was that Horizon Forbidden West, so the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Sackboy are all coming to PS4 as well. So they, they made a little bit of announcement saying, hey, by the way, these games are, certain games are also coming to PS4. They did not say that about Demon Souls... Uh, or yeah. So, so basically that launch title is a PS five exclusive. They did have the one last, uh, one last thing announcement. Do you remember that? Uh, one last, no, go ahead. Remind me. I'm sure I do, but it's just, I'm blanking on it at the moment. God of war Ragnarok. Uh, yes. God of war. I don't know. I somehow missed that. That's a pretty big deal actually. <clears throat> so they did, they didn't, they didn't show anything except a logo. And then they said Ragnarok is coming, but obviously it was the the serpent from God of War. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. I'm excited. I, I liked God of War. The I thought the um, God of War four was pretty good, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board for the next one. Yeah, it's 2021. I think they said. Yeah, which is also interesting because that means next year already. I mean, that's that's which makes sense because again, 2018 was when God of War came out. So once you've got the foundation, it shouldn't take as long to make the sequel as it did for the original, but. So that'll be if it comes out in the summer, that'd be three years, or April will be three years in April twenty twenty one. If it comes out holiday twenty twenty one, it's three and three and a quarter. So that's that's a good development time. It's a good cycle. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's that's pretty much it. Did you have any closing thoughts, John, on the event in, in general or as a whole, or was there anything else that like stood out to you or didn't sit out to you? So in general, I thought it was kind of lackluster. 
other than finally getting a price and date and the announcement that Demon Souls was going to be a launch title. Those those were the three things that I wanted to hear and so that made it uh, I was I was happy with it, but I felt like the the list of games they showed off could have been more exciting. Yeah, I I guess so they didn't really lay out any expectations for this show but they also didn't temper any like they basically said you know i I would i would have been incredibly surprised if they had not announced the price and the date right like at this point we had to have it or at (laughs) least announce a delay like those two things could have been realistic but i agree like i didn't know know what to expect i was like well maybe we'll see a new game or two but i was just kind of like just talk to us about the hardware talk to us about pre-orders talk to us like price like that's all i was expecting but I agree, like, all in all, for, like, the 45 minutes it was on, you got a couple games. It was whatever. I mean, I, I didn't – I'm not going to lose my mind over it or anything. Yeah. Uh, I I definitely want one because of Demon Souls. Yeah. That's – like – and I'll probably get Miles Morales. Uh, I'd probably get the, the version that comes with the remaster of the original game as well. Um, now, here's here's my question about that since we're on the topic. Do you think the quote-unquote remaster of 4 is just going to be the version of 4 with the PS5 upgrades? Because that means you could put in your PS4 copy and get the PS5 enhancements. Um, I would think that there's probably going to be more enhancements to that version than just being able to throw in your disc for the original. Hmm. I don't know, man. It just feels like one of those things. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, the the load time thing might be it might be only on the PS5 version. We don't really know. Oh, I see until, what you're saying. Sure, sure. Because like they showed like the two second load times and stuff. Well, actually, they would. Yeah, I, I feel like they would almost have to change it a little bit because the uh, the subway fast travel system doesn't really make sense on the PlayStation 5 <laughs> version because yeah. it's so instantaneous. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see when we uh, when we play it, because I'm not going to buy that version. So we'll see how it is when I pop in the old the old version. Um, but yeah, so that was it. That, that was the Sony press conference. It, w- it was pretty cool. Obviously, we know the price now. We know it's going to be a heck of a battle this generation. Both consoles equally priced at $499, uh, then $299 and $399 respectively. So uh, obviously the Xbox has a cheaper entry, but they're also the only ones trying to do a second system. that's less powerful, which, which normally we've never, I don't, we've never seen before. So I'm very curious to know how that sells. Like you said, John, it's me a big marketing thing, but if it's for all digital and eventually X cloud is on there, it doesn't matter how powerful it is. You should still be able to stream the X, the series X versions of games on the series S, but I don't know if that's how Microsoft's going to do it. You know, so yeah. a few questions in the air still about that. So, did you see the possibility of another Xbox console? I did. Online? I did. The, that, the Series V. See, now that would have made more sense to me if they didn't have the S then. Just, or the S should have been just discless for $399, you know, and make it the same power as the X. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. They're just trying to make it as confusing as possible for us. I, I could see it if it was just a discless version of the X. But the the rumor is that it's supposedly somewhere in between the oh, S God. and the X. So it's not it's not just a same power model minus disk drive. It's just, supposed to be like capable of four K, but not not to the extreme. And it's like that just sounds confusing. Yeah, yeah. Just shoot me now, please. <laughs> I don't, don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. Well, here's the three different options for the series S, V, and X. Um, all right, John. So that was, that was good. That was a good conversation about the PS5. What is, uh, what is your game of the week? We're going to get this in. We're, we're cranking, man. What's your game of the week this week? All right. My game of the week is 50 cent blood in the sand. Sure. I've heard that one's better than bulletproof. Yes. I feel um, like you've talked about this game before. I might've, I, did I, did I do this as a game of the week already? I feel like you may have, but go ahead. Ah, hey fine. man, what the hell? Go ahead. Uh, well, th- this game is made by Swordfish Studios, uh, which I think went out of business after this game came out. 
um, which is unfortunate um, because it's actually pretty good. It's uh, there was a game called The Club on Xbox 360, sure. and I think it might have been on PS3. And it was kind of like a it was a combination of a, a racing game and a shooting game. So like you'd run through a level, and there would be targets on the wall that you'd have to shoot, and bad guys, and they'd, you'd get a score. And I think that one was made by um, Bizarre Creations, who made uh, Project Gotham Racing. I'm that fairly certain they made that. Sounds right. That uh, sounds and right. this this game feels like the club without the time like expectation. So you're still running through levels and and shooting enemies, and there's there's random targets and stuff on the walls. But it's got a great soundtrack if you like rap. Um, it's got a dedicated swearing button where you click down the thumbstick and 50 cent just throws out cuss words and stuff. Nice. And like, and it's, it's like a one liner button filled with profanity, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, and it's just a, it's a fun game. Um, and, and I, I like it enough that I have the American version and the Japanese oh. version. Any, <laughs> di- they had any, differences? any differences that you noticed? Uh, separate achievement list is about it. All right. Uh, so yeah, 50 cent, not actually bad. I I actually played it. I've I've played it at the store a few times, like tested out a system with it or whatever. And I always felt like it wasn't a bad third person shooter. You know, the the beginning is very guided. So it's kind of annoying. because it's like, Oh, follow me here. Follow me here. And like, I want to get eventually to like the actual, like game flow, the, the gameplay rotation of that and like how the game flows. But yeah, yeah, well, and I, I won't make fun of you for that. The premise of the game is that Fifty Sh- he goes to like the Middle East to do a concert, and the concert venue doesn't have the money to pay him, and so instead they give him a a jewel encrusted skull, uh, and as payment, and then somebody steals the jewel encrusted skull. Oh, so no. him and the G unit have to go get it back. <laughs> him and the G unit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Thank you for that synopsis. Uh, what is your game this week? This week? So not as outlandish <coughs> as yours. 50 cent bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's blo- <laughs> uh, I just picked a classic, man, an instant classic Need for Speed Underground <coughs> one. Uh, the first Need for Speed Underground game, which a lot of people talk about Underground 2. And I'm not saying that that's not a good game, but I think that there was something lost in the Need for Speed games that tried to do open world. I think it's difficult to do an open world racing game, and I don't think that Need for Speed ever truly did it great. And I lo- my two favorite Need for Speed games are of the recent generations are Underground and Hot Pursuit on PS3 and 360. That version okay. of Hot Pursuit, the first one that Criterion did, these games are kind of like level-based they're not free roaming. Like in Need for Speed Underground, you basically go like race to race through a menu. Um, what I loved about Underground was it had different takes on different types of races. For instance, they have a drag race. And the drag racing in the game is you change lanes just by tapping left or right on the stick. You don't actually like steer into the lanes. You just tap left to go fully into the left lane, right into the right lane. It's more about how you shift. And so you have to get these perfect timing shifts to like get the right you know, to, to accelerate properly to win the, 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 um, the drags. And I thought it was pretty, like, it was different. It was cool. Then they had, which was a little weirder, but they had like the drift competitions where basically you're just drifting around a course, trying to keep your drift going as long as you can without tapping something and losing your points. Um, but like, there was just something about this game that was just really fun. Like it had that arcade style racing. It was really fun, but it was focused on this level to level sort of system. And I don't know why, but for me, I almost prefer my racing games to be that way. I don't really like this open world racing where I drive around the thing and then just pick a race to do and then do it. Like I like open world, you know, fighters and shooters and stuff, but not yeah. open world racing. Um, uh, the sense of speed on underground one was pretty damn impressive. Good. I remember. Yeah. Very good. And of course not, not to be, um, you know, outdone by 50 cent, but one of the best soundtracks in a game, I think, I've ever heard. I, every now and then I'll still pull up the soundtrack for this game on Spotify. And it just, it had a great mix of like hip hop and like that two thousands, like pop rock or, or just like, Hoobastank? no, sad, sad, sadly oh. for you, no Hoobastank, but like static X. And like, it was just, it was just like this weird mix of like rock and rap. And it was, I just, it works 
for me. Like it just really had this, <laughs> like it kind of encompassed that street racer style. I think this game is still more accurate to what like street racers would be like, as opposed to like Need for Speed Heat, which I found the street racing, what they consider street racing, like um, culture in that game is mind boggling to me. Like it just, it just doesn't seem accurate at all. Like not at all. Um, but anyway, Need for Speed Underground, it's on PS2, GameCube, and Xbox, and probably PC. It's great. I th- I think Need for Speed Underground is one of the top, one of the top racing games in my in my collection. I put it really high up there. So, John, what is in your pickup pile of the week? I have one game. All right, it's <laughs> gonna go fast. And uh, I got it from Best Buy for seven dollars. <laughs> nice. It is Battlefield One Revolution Edition, which oh, comes with uh, one of the DLCs. Looks terrible. That is it. <laughs> That's it. Battlefield <laughs> One. I think I have that game overstock at my store for three dollars used on Xbox One. It's okay. Well, you got the new one. You're happy with the new one. Well, actually, <laughs> GameStop had a deal of the day a couple weeks ago that it was three bucks as well. Oh no. Well, that's okay. You got a brand new for seven. That's not a bad deal. Don't beat yourself up about it. Oh, no, I don't care. And, and plus it comes with the DLC, so. Nice. Uh, what is your game, or what is in your pickup pile of the week? So I only have two games in my pickup pile of the week. Um, the first one is I got a mint in box copy of RC Pro-Am for NES, which is really hard to see because nice. the box is green and my green screen's eating it up. Um, <laughs> but... It's funny because I've had RC Pro-Am 2 mint in box for quite a while, and that's the rarer, more expensive one. And as I looked for the first one, very hard to find this game in good shape. Like, every time I find it, it's just beat to piss. The box is just just garbage. So one that was pretty decent popped up, and they did, like, the thing on eBay where you can start bidding at, like, $26 or make an offer. And the offer isn't a buy it now offer where it's cheaper. The offer is like, oh, I could offer you $30. And if you let it go for 30, let it go. So I sent an offer. I I never send an offer more than a starting bid. I don't see why anybody would. So I just sent an offer of $25. And I think the starting bid was, I think, $22 or something like that. So I said, okay. So I sent him the thing saying, I'll pay you $25. He didn't even reply, just declined it, didn't make a counter offer or anything, just declined it. Okay, fine. So in in a, in a moment of spite, I just put the one bid down for $22 and I let it cook and I let it sit and I won it at $22. <laughs> so screw that guy for not taking my offer of 25 You dumb, dumb. You lost $3 because he didn't want to reply to me. So um, you got a good, uh, a decent Greg, Greg level of quality box copy of that for 22 bucks. I did. And here was the thing though, the booklet looked like it was an accordion like it was all folded up and crunchy okay. but i have about five or six of the booklets for this game at my store so i just pulled them out of the back and made my copy complete and really nice nice uh and then lastly i picked up a physical copy of kunio kun the world collection so i hmm? so this is the <laughs> <What are> you? <laughs> this is the uh to you westerners out there this is the river city ransom collection or the okay. double dragon collection the kunio kun collection is it's all the games basically made by, um, oh god, I'm totally spacing out. Made by, um, uh, isn't it like Technosoft or te- something like Technos, that? Technos, thank you. Um, and Techno. so it's like Double Dragon one, two, and three, River City Ransom. Uh, this one in particular, so they've released this digitally here, but not physically, um, yet. I'm sure they will now because I bought my copy. Um, but I bought <laughs> the, the Chinese and English version, so there's a big distinction. So you can buy games imported from Japan. They're usually in Japanese with no English subtitles. You can get something from what they call the Asian region, which is typically obviously like it's usually Korea, um, some of the islands there. Like it's 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 that kind of whole general region minus Japan, if, if that makes any sense, which it kind of doesn't. Yeah. But the cool thing is here's here's a big distinction. One, the spine is in English. So if you put this on your shelf, you have an English spine. And then, of course, the game has English subtitles, so I can actually play the games uh, without having to, you know, not know what's going on story-wise. So, and again, they're just like, they're simple old games. So it's not like you can't play them still without reading it, but it would be nice to play. Like one of the games I'm most interested to play on here, uh, I forget what the actual name of it is, um, but it's basically River City Ransom. It's called something like River City Ransom Drama or something like that. And they basically make okay. a version of River City Ransom that takes place like in feudal Japan. 
And it's like the exact same style of game, but totally redone in like a Japan type setting. And they even had like ramp ups and multiple tiers of floors. Like it, it just, it's a game I've always wanted to play. And, uh, and now I can play it in English. I've played, a, I've seen a few that, translated ROMs, but. Was that offered for download here? The Kunio Kun collection you can get here, but I don't know if they Specifically did Specifically that game though. Not by itself, but it's part of the collection. Okay. But it never came here any other way, and I don't know if that version's in English. Like, I don't know how far they went when they brought it over here in English. Uh, I, I don't know. Actually, I think they did translate them all, now that I think of it. But um, Is Super Dodgeball on there? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on there. Uh, I, I remember uh, going to Mark's house back in like middle school and him firing up super dodgeball and being like, this is so cool. And I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I love that game. <laughs> yeah. That's very high in my list of like, and that was a rare game before NES games were rare. Like in the really? early, yeah. In the early two thousands and late nineties, when no one gave a rat's ass about NES, that game was always 15 to $20 and it, it's never really gone any higher than that. <laughs> like it sits just about there to this day. But that was always a game that people wanted and couldn't find. Always. Um, yeah, just great time. So that's it for the show are, today, man. That's it. We're done. We're out I was gonna say, are we ever gonna are we ever gonna play the PSP uh, game I got sitting? <laughs> Maybe. Um so I, I want the, I wanna bring the game shows back, but it's gotta work out like timing wise. And unfortunately, yeah. like the last few weeks, it was either kind of do a a truncated quicker version of the podcast or don't do one at all. So my thought was I still at least want to get on here and get something out, uh, especially with the big news right. about the PS five, but don't worry. I got it on the back burner. It's gonna be one of those days where we don't have a story or anything. And we're just going to do like a couple, a couple trivia shows or something. So, well, next week, give me like five minutes. Cause that's all it would take five minutes. All right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I like it to be a special treat special treat for the <laughs> listeners out there so uh but thank you everybody as always for listening and watching you can subscribe on youtube youtube.com slash drop rate you can follow us on twitch at twitch.tv slash the drop rate you can follow me on twitter at game trade greg you can follow john on twitter at dryer combo and you can listen to us on soundcloud spotify i'm i'm gonna add it to amazon music soon i guess they started doing podcasts now so i can Sweet. get it up there pretty soon and of course on itunes you know we're all the we're all the cool kids listen to podcasts so thank you as always everybody i really appreciate it y'all take care of yourself say goodbye john yeah, have a good one we'll talk to you next time have a good one Bye bye